0: Today's episode of the WAC Podcast is brought to you by Hercules Tires, the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference. And now here's your host, Eric Danner.
1: Welcome to the WAC Podcast. My name is Eric Danner, joined today by Ishmael Cagone, as uh, Rachel V. Hill had her swan song last week. Uh, Wish her well. She's now at 104.3 The Fan in Denver. Sports talk, and uh, she'll be doing all their video stuff over there, and She's already started up uh, doing some great things. I saw uh, on Monday, but uh, in the meantime, we're, we're joined by Ishmael until we can find uh, Rachel's replacement. Ishmael, welcome to the show. You're kind of new to the whack. You came in this past year and you typically work in championships, but uh, today you're, you're filling in on the podcast. Tell us a little bit about your, yourself and about the position you have here at the Western athletic conference.
2: Well, first, thank you for allowing me to be on the podcast (laughs) with you, Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, I work in championships specifically, you know, with women's soccer, track and field and tennis. Um, and, you know, I, I got into I got into being in championships from my, my time doing the internship with the Atlantic 10. And I just enjoyed doing cha- being in championships and I wanted to make it a make it a career for myself. So I ended up here in Colorado and I'm, I've been enjoying my time here so far.
1: Yeah, we're uh, located here in Denver, Colorado, and uh, people might pick up a little East Coast accent there. Ishmael, where, where do you hail from?
2: Uh, I was I was born in New York uh, City, and, but I was raised in Philadelphia, so that that's that's my my background right there. So you might hear a little bit of an accent. Um, I don't hear it myself, but <laughs> most people say they hear an accent when I or when I start to speak. So.
1: And you've been able to travel around a little bit anyway since you joined the WAC. You got to see Las Cruces last year, and I believe Las Vegas, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, you went down to uh, Edinburgh, Texas as well.
2: Yeah, de- definitely some, uh, definitely some different places. Some, uh, some very different uh, uh, atmospheres. Um, Vegas is very different from being in Edinburgh, whereas, uh, and especially where um, I, when I went, especially with it being super hot. <laughs> um, I wasn't used to that. I'm a East Coast kid, like you mentioned, and I'm cold and you know when it gets hot it's for a small period of time. So having it being hot all the time and you know is uh, adjusting. I'm getting adjusted to that.
1: Yeah, we, we have six schools in the state of Texas more than any Division One conference in the United States. Also wanted to mention we announced today as we record this on Tuesday, our partnership with ESPN and we're very uh, fortunate, very happy to have that partnership that goes all the way back. We we're one of the first clients of ESPN back in 1980. Of course, the WAC's been around since 1962, so we will have 500-plus events on ESPN+, Plus, including our uh, championship events, and uh, schools will be also, uh, if you haven't seen already, actually, uh, Monday night, uh, Utah Valley had a soccer match on, on ESPN+. Plus. We've seen some Grand Canyon, a couple other schools already on there, so that will continue as the season moves forward. And speaking of women's soccer, fall season already underway. And we already have our players of the week uh, from Abilene Christian. Natalie Jones is the offensive player of the week in Grand Canyon's Hannah Edwards uh, picking up the defensive player of the week. And uh, those are our ticket smarter players of the week. Jones is a midfielder from Lubbock, Texas. She scored both of ACU's goals on the week. And uh, GCU uh, Edwards, who's from Aurora, Colorado, from uh, right around here where you live, Uh, Ishmael is in Aurora and uh, she became GCU's all-time leader in minutes played against Central Arkansas during that uh, match. And they won five to nothing. Very impressive. If you had a chance to check that out, and they also uh, beat Southeast Louisiana uh, by a score of two to nothing. So both those schools off to a great start in women's soccer.
2: Yeah, this is going to be an exciting year. I think that uh, with the addition of the new schools, I think we should have some fairly high level competition.
1: We should. And then men's soccer gets underway this week on Thursday night. Chicago State added the sport of men's soccer last year, of course, with the pandemic and all that good stuff. They weren't able to to play a season. So this will be their first season. And they're uh, not tiptoeing in Ishmael. They're opening with Northwestern. Uh, in a home match there in Chicago so cross town rival but a uh, a power five school to start the schedule
2: yeah it's going to be a tough one for them but you know uh, I think that you know with the with them getting the chance last year to play some uh, some matches prior to this year I think that uh, we should see how that outcome turns out but I, I think they should they should do pretty well
1: last week on the podcast we had Leonard Griffin the new men's soccer coach at Grand Canyon the Lopes are ranked number 22 in the country. They'll also be hosting a Chicago school, University of Illinois, Chicago, also on Thursday night. So you want to check out ESPN Plus for that broadcast. Absolutely. On Wednesday night, uh, the MLS All-Star Game will be happening. And if uh, you happen to stumble on that on FS1, uh, Alex Roldan, former Seattle U uh, star player, now playing for the Seattle Sounders, was selected to play in the All-Star Game. What a season he's having. And his uh, brother, Christian Roldan is the captain of the team, and that'll be on uh, Fox Sports One on uh, Wednesday night.
2: Yeah, that's a, it's probably, it's always probably fun to play with your brother, especially during the year, during the year, and then especially in the All Star game. I think that's, that's really dope. I think their parents are probably going to, (laughs) <laughs> like the, sitting sitting, and, and enjoying the, the fact that they have two sons playing in the MLS All-Star game.
1: And that game's going to be played in Los Angeles at that uh, stadium. I believe that the uh, Chargers were playing in for a couple of years that the uh, LAFC uh, Stadium. Uh, so that, that'll be uh, fun to watch. Volleyball preseason polls are also out, Ishmael. And we're going to have Sam Atoa on in our second segment, Utah Valley picked to win the West this year. And New Mexico State has had a lot of success over the years. They're right behind them in the West Division poll. Grand Canyon is always tough. California Baptist, again, we're just talking about the West here. But in the, in the Southwest, we also have a, a, a lot of new schools to the WAC, but they're also very good schools for volleyball.
2: Yeah, I, I, I know with the success that uh, Utah Valley had last year, I know they definitely have that target on their back and everybody's
1: going to be gunning for them. Stephen F. Austin is picked to win the Southwest Division, followed by Sam Houston. Tarleton, who's transitioning, they're picked third. They they have a very strong volleyball program there in Stephenville, Texas. Abilene Christian, UTRGV, and Lamar round out that poll in the West. As I mentioned, Utah Valley, New Mexico State, Grand Canyon, California Baptist. Then it's Dixie State, followed by Chicago State, who won a, a tournament match last year, and then Seattle U., our preseason player of the year, Kazna Tanavasa from Utah Valley, uh, not a real big surprise since she was also the player of the year last year.
2: Yeah, I've watched some of the matches and she's she's really, really good.
1: Uh, moving on to the championships, uh, Ishmael, this is in your wheelhouse. We just yeah. announced this week the official sites. Of course, you've been working on this for, for quite some time now, so no surprises to you. But uh, we're going to start things off October 30th in Riverside, California with the cross-country championships hosted by California Baptist.
2: Yeah, uh, I I think with with um, championships this year, uh, with us being sp- so spread out, I think it's going to be a good experience for everybody just to be able to go to different um, places and for the student-athletes to experience different areas, especially if you are in the West Division, go to the Southwest Division, and vice versa. So I think it's going to be great.
1: And I know there were some places uh, that had been awarded championships that – they're going to be postponed until next year, trying to balance out that schedule with the four new schools coming in and trying to make sure nobody's having to, you know, do all their travel one way or the other.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know this year, especially we've, we've decided, you know, uh, to have equal amount of championships between the Southwest and West division. And that's what we're planning on doing moving forward. So for sure, you're going to have people being on both sides of the, of the division.
1: Women's soccer will be at Abilene Christian, while men's soccer remains at Grand Canyon in Phoenix. Volleyball, it will be at New Mexico State, and they're always a powerhouse in that sport. Indoor track and field will be in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I know they have a really nice venue there, Ishmael. Uh, I've been there for Division II National Championships uh, several years ago. They've also hosted uh, Mountain West and and several other championships over the years.
2: Absolutely. Uh, I I actually just finished speaking with the people at um, Albuquerque, and they just told me that they just revamped their track, so they have a brand-new track this year, and I'm, I'm looking forward to being down
1: there. And that's a, uh, a nice downtown uh, venue there, and that'll be in February. And right after that, we're going to have the swimming championships, which will be in Houston, even though uh, not, none of our new schools have swimming. That's a place we've had the uh, WAC Swimming and Diving Championships for several years at the University of Houston. Uh, again, a very nice venue. Uh, basketball is going to be back at the Orleans in WAG Vegas, and that's always the one to uh, circle if you're looking for a, a championship to go to. Knock on wood, everything's good as far as travel goes when we get to March. But uh, you had a chance to, to get a taste of WAG Vegas; uh, it's it's, a, it's a pretty good one.
2: Yeah, I, I, I experienced it last year um, at a smaller scale, so I'm looking forward to the the whole the whole show this year.
1: So, speaking of basketball, a couple of basketball related notes here: Randy Brown, who played at New Mexico State. And uh, when uh, we had the podcast last year, Ishmael, when when really not much was going on, Rachel and I would kind of break down the last dance Mm -hmm. each week, and I I would try to have whack ties, because you'd see players, Luke Longley played in the whack when he was at New Mexico, Randy Brown, of course, went to New Mexico State was pretty prominent on some of those teams, he was a backup, but I mean, he uh, he actually uh, you know picked up a couple of championship rings. He went back and got his degree at New Mexico State. So that's always a good story.
2: Yeah, that's great. That's great. I know. Um, in reading some of the stuff that he talked about with getting his degree, he mentioned that you know when he when giving back and speaking to the speaking to children that you know it's a, it's important for him to emphasize education. And with him now having his degree, it, he can put the full force behind his statements and what he's saying to the children about you know, getting that education. So I'm, that's that's a great thing for him to get the degree.
1: And Russ Bradbird, we've had on the show before, he's the analyst for New Mexico State, former assistant coach, uh, worked under Lou Henson, is from Chicago. And I know he had a lot of uh, ties to the Chicago area. Of course, Lou Henson also coached at Illinois. So there was a lot of ties uh, between Illinois and New Mexico. So good to see Randy Brown getting that degree. Staying with the Mexico State basketball, Traveling Queen, if you watched any of the summer league, He's a, he's been a highlight show this year.
2: Yeah. It, purple and gold, you know, <laughs> people play with the Lakers in the, uh, in the summer league and, you know, his last, especially his last outing, he played really, really well. And uh, I think it's going to, the only, the, the sky's the limit for him. I think he'll, he'll find a way on a, on a training camp roster or something, uh, something like that, or even play overseas.
1: Yeah, he, he was one of those guys, Ishmael, that really, um, If if the pandemic hadn't happened, you can do a ton of what ifs. But New Mexico State was so good that year, went undefeated in conference play, and had you know the long win streak, and they looked like a team that could make some noise in the NCAA tournament. And unfortunately, didn't get that opportunity. The year before, they went to the NCAA's, played Auburn, went to overtime, took them down the wire. You know, could have had him, but then Auburn wins and goes on to the Final Four, and that team the next year was even better with with and Queen as as the main guy. So you wonder if they would have had a run in the tournament. He would have been one of those guys that probably would have been drafted. And I'm making a lot of assumptions here, but right. I, I I think I'm not going out in too much of a limb saying that if they had a Sweet 16 run, he would have opened up a lot of eyes. And and that that's what happens in the in the tournament sometimes. Guys make a big name for themselves. He really didn't have that opportunity did get to go to camp with the Houston Rockets and then played in the G League last year. So would be great to see him get an opportunity, uh, not only in a camp, but maybe making an NBA roster this yeah, year.
2: Yeah, that is always about the opportunity and then being able to be on that, that stage. And then, you know, depending on the teams you play for as well, it it all matters, like be, being on the, playing for the Lakers for some, in Summer League with all of the news that's always surrounding them. You always get, people always put eyes on them and try to watch, you know, they might be watching for somebody else and then they come across the traveling queen. And then there goes your, Hey, we want to talk to you. We want to bring you in the camp. We want to invite you. So it's always about the opportunity and I'm, I'm glad he was getting the opportunity to play and he definitely performed, especially in that last game.
1: Yeah, and his his defense is underrated as well. And, they, you know, when he can defend on the perimeter of those NBA teams, always like that. Then another guy who got an opportunity in the summer league Asbjorn Midgard, we had a chance to see him in Wack Vegas. This is a, uh, a mountain of a man, yeah. uh, as Bjorn, you know, seven foot one, seven feet tall. Uh, and, and he played for the Orlando magic during the summer league this year.
2: Yeah. I, I I got a chance to watch a couple of his games cause he played, uh, you know, I, I I've been watching a lot of summer league, um, just cause I had, I had a couple of friends who were in the, um, in the summer league and, or, or had gotten the opportunity to be on the roster and, I I watched, I watched him play, um, a little bit with him and Cole Anthony and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm happy he got the opportunity to play, um, in the summer league.
1: And so he went on to sign a professional contract in the Netherlands. And if you want to check out the story by our good friend, Paul Coro, who writes uh, for GCU lopes.com. Uh, there's a good article on there about Asbjorn and, and good luck to him and, and his travels overseas as. Alessandro Laver also played at GCU last year. He'll be playing over in Europe as well. Yeah, and then uh, and I'm um, and I'm told that he
2: he just got married too in the article. He recently got married, so I'm hoping he brings his wife with him to the <laughs> Netherlands and have the experience and then have like an early honeymoon over there while he's <laughs> while he's getting ready
1: to play. So I'm uh, good luck to him and uh in and, and the Netherlands. Yeah, good luck to Asbjorn and uh, when we come back, we're gonna talk whack volleyball with Samatoa the volleyball coach at Utah Valley. You're listening to the WAC podcast.
0: Hercules Tires is the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference and for over 65 years has been providing tires with unbeatable quality at an unmatched value. Whatever the vehicle and whatever the terrain, Hercules Tires invites you to ride on our strength. For a retailer near you, visit HerculesTires.com.
1: Welcome back to the WAC podcast. Eric Danner and Ishmael Kagome are now joined by Salatoa, the head volleyball coach at Utah Valley. Coach, uh, welcome back to the show.
0: Well, thank you. Uh, it's always great to be able to get together with you and um, and just kind of talk volleyball and whack volleyball. So it just seemed like it was just yesterday.
1: <laughs> Actually, it was just yesterday, Coach. It seems like you guys won the whack tournament, uh, got to go to the NCAA's, but here we are, uh, a new season. Ahead of us, uh, tell tell me what that off season was like. Obviously, a, uh, a truncated off season, if you will, uh, compared to previous years.
0: Yes, it was. It was such a busy off season um, in a lot of ways because you only had <clears throat> you had the season to focus on in the spring, and then. Um, but usually, when we're done in the fall, we have the whole entire uh, beginning of the year, the spring season, to just kind of prepare and do things that we needed to for, for you know, for the fall season. And so when you had our season in the spring, now all of a sudden you got three months to kind of take time, time off uh, and uh, spend some time with family, uh, order stuff. I mean, all of those things that just was like, okay, that, you know, I don't know, maybe other people were more organized and more uh, prepared, but there was a lot, it really kind of, and, and then on top of that, just, you know, we were able to do camps. Uh, and so trying to organize all of that and trying to get things ready to go is really, really busy. However, I'd rather be busy and at least have some time, some downtime, but um, it, it was good. We were able to still get everything done, um, maybe a little bit more stressful than, than we, we would really want to, but uh, it got done, hopefully. Great, great. So,
2: Coach, with the upcoming season, um, what are you looking forward to? I know you guys have a couple of games upcoming this weekend against mm-hmm. Utah. So what are you looking forward to from your team?
0: Well, first of all, I think we're looking forward to um, fans. Uh, we're looking forward to some <clears throat> some type of normalcy, I hope, anyways. Um, I didn't expect that we would be in this Point. I felt like that um, several months ago, we were hoping that this pandemic will be kind of behind us. But unfortunately, we're still having to um, to figure out what guidelines are and policies and everything when it comes to COVID. And so, um, however, um, we're excited to be able to get on the court and to compete. Um, we have a green and white scrimmage uh, tonight that we're the girls are excited to just kind of play in front of fans and in front of family. And then just kind of our preparations for for Utah and then just be able to fill this the the arena with fans um, and and have I mean. Yesterday was the first day of school back and uh, to see all these people in the hallways. um, Walking from class to class was just kind of refreshing to see everybody uh, back on campus so although there's times where we we like having our quiet uh times but it was refreshing to see uh the crowds and students and everybody that uh that you know university is all about and so we're just excited to kind of get back on the court ready to go and uh utah is a is a very challenging first match for sure um and but we're looking forward to it
1: coach atoa we're uh, shooting this on tuesday morning we just announced today uh, partnership with ESPN and that Utah match will be on ESPN plus uh, for viewers to see. And uh, we're very excited about that and, and excited to get uh, some volleyball and some other sports, some opportunities to get on that platform as we did for the uh, WAC tournaments uh, the past couple of years, nothing like starting with a, uh, with a cupcake, a uh, coach uh, start right out of the box with Utah. Uh,
0: yeah. You know, um, through the, through the summer, Um, And after the season was over, scheduling was uh, very, very difficult. Trying to get your four weeks of preseason in, um, it was not the... the, Our our plan was not to play Utah um, uh, at the first weekend. It was to play them a little later. But as things kind of fell through and as these things happened, it was just so... Everything was so fluid that... Eventually we kind of got to the point where, hey, we've got to just finalize things. Um, and teams just kind of have to make some decisions. And so that was a difficult thing with scheduling is that people were not, coaches were just not making decisions and it was just changing here, changing there. And, and so it was hard, it really was hard. Um, and so finally we were able to just kind of like, okay. And so Beth and I kind of got together and after a, a um three or four different type of options. We were like, okay, let's just do this. We had it available. Let's just start. Um and we were able to at least finalize that, moved on to week two, finalize that, moved on to week three and, and so forth. And so finally we were able to finalize everything with our four weeks of preseason. And um and going into this, we do have a fairly tough preseason with not only starting with Utah back to back, but then with Hawaii coming in next week with Cal Poly, and then um, on the road with Weber going to NAU in their tournament uh, with Arizona State and UC Davis, and then home uh, with Utah State, uh, Idaho State, is, and then BYU to finish the preseason. Oh. So it's definitely a very, very challenging uh, preseason, but we are... Um, Uh, we want to measure ourselves and kind of see how good we're going to be. And I feel like that if we want to, to be the best, um, we've got to play the best and try to uh, beat the best. And, uh, especially in the state, these teams in the state are very quality teams that we play each year. And, um, we're, we're excited for the, for the challenge to compete against them.
2: Well, coach, uh, Coming into the year, um, you seem to have an experienced team. So, does that play into some of the preseason matches that you um, that you schedule to see just to gauge how your team will will fare against the those teams that you schedule
0: for the year? Well, I think that um, yeah, I, I think that when you have uh, several returners returning and your core your core group, it does help you kind of make decisions on whether um, what type of a a preseason that you want to have. Um, and so, you know, however, last year uh, there was no preseason whatsoever. But it felt like that the three freshmen that we had that was an impact on our team last year um, really uh, helped us tremendously and kind of get that experience kind of going into this. So, uh, in addition to our returning um, with those uh, freshman um, players has really kind of added to what I feel like is a, a great core group. And we're, we're relying on some new- newcomers, I think, and also some uh, freshman kids that that are quality athletes, that we are always challenging them to step up because you never know um, unless you just go after it on whether you're going to get on the court or not. And, it doesn't help us any if they just kind of come in and kind of uh, weigh things out a little bit. No, we want them to come in ready to go and compete and help us be better. And so so we're um, we're excited about the core group of kids that are coming in and, and who we have. We have a few more kids on our team than we've had before. Uh, so it really kind of helps with some depth um, and some concerns that we had last year, especially with some injuries and trying to monitor uh, playing time for some and then trying to figure out how to do the back-to-back matches uh, with the season last year and the challenges of trying to um to stay healthy and so we're fairly relatively healthy this year as we start the season and so i'm excited and hopefully that will kind of stay that way um but just just excited for our, our team our our fans our our girls just being able to kind of get out there and uh and play some volleyball. Oh,
1: one one of those returners, Coach, of course, uh, Kazna Tan- Tanavasa, the returning player of the year. She also picked up the preseason player of the year award. I got to imagine having her back, uh, makes your life a little bit easier anyway.
0: Oh, of course. I think that uh, you have a, um, whether a player of the year or not, um, she is such a dynamic and very um, physical a- athlete. And just has uh, been huge for what um, what we've done in the last uh, three years, and so um, her being an impact right from the beginning as a freshman, uh, her sophomore year, and then <clears throat> and then what we did this last year, and so really excited about the success and what she brings, and then also too, I think with that that it helps with the. Uh, the level of, of recruits that we were able to kind of get because of the success that we're having that, that is having as well as our team is having. And so um, the, all, all of that kind of uh, brings it together and, and makes it a fun, fun times in practice and fun competition because they just kind of get after it. <clears throat> all
2: right. So speaking about uh, last year's success, um, talk to us about winning the WAC Championship and as well as your um your your team um going to the NCAA tournament.
0: Well, I tell you, um, you know, when we started the season, uh we just for sure I don't know that anybody knew exactly how things were going to end up and um I wasn't quite sure exactly on uh playing back to back matches and how to monitor that. And but yet I felt like that. Um, and then, too, with the season where uh, kids got sick, their COVID and quarantining and uh, postponements and cancellations. I mean, all of these things that were all, it was kind of like part of what our year was. It was just really, really crazy, not just for us, but everybody. But I felt like that our team was quite resilient. They were willing to make it adjust. They were able to make some difficult, challenging situations into a fun experience, whether it was down going to Texas on the Texas freeze that they had and all of those and finding no place to eat except for a McDonald's and making that a fun experience, even though that McDonald's wasn't the first choice of meal, but it was a meal. And so, I mean, all of those things, and I felt like that that was a big part of that our success at the end was just their willingness to just adapt. And we were fortunate to be able to um, have host the uh, WAC tournament here um, with New Mexico State not being able to do that. And um, it's never a guarantee when you host because I think if you look back at past history that the host team um, usually does not win. And so I don't know if it was something that we really wanted. But at the same time, um, uh, we felt like that we could make certain adjustments uh, to, um, to be successful here. And so uh, the WAC tournament was awesome. Uh, just was like, the, I think if I recall that most of the matches were basically two to three points um, in each of the sets pretty much. And it could have gone either way. And we were fortunate that it bounced our way against Grand Grand Canyon. And then be able to do the same thing against New Mexico State. And then be able to just do it at home with the limited number of people that we have here. Um, that was just exciting. It was exciting for us. And then be able to um, <clears throat> qualify for the NCA tournament under the the um, the format that they have uh, in Omaha. That was a really special experience. To be there actually with everybody. And not just with four teams that you normally um are with but to be there kind of go through all the guidelines and to compete there and so it was uh, awesome it really was It just is more than what I expected it to be um and especially for our girls to experience that on such a difficult uh year and then to be able to represent the WAC uh in Omaha um that was uh, it was a great time and so we hope that um, our goals are to just continue to build what we did this last year and challenge our team to, that to, um, to be successful like some of the other programs in the WAC and, and conferences that, are, that continue to be successful. And so um, we're hoping to, to uh, prepare ourselves in all that we can to um, be at, at the top at the end. Um, uh, I think that's no different than any other team that's working on trying to win the WAC and winning the WAC tournament and qualify for the NCAA tournament. And so we're, uh, we're planning on working hard to, uh, to try to accomplish those goals.
1: We're talking with Sam Atowa, the head volleyball coach at Utah Valley. The Wolverines picked to win the West division this year. Something brand new this year, coach. You have divisions. Uh, in the West, uh, it's pretty stacked with uh, you know, the uh, quote-unquote older uh, WAC teams. You have New Mexico State, Grand Canyon, California Baptist. Uh, on the Southwest Division, you have the newer schools, Stephen F. Austin, Sam Houston, Abilene Christian, and Lamar. Uh, as far as that goes, Coach, you, you got to, I guess, feel proud that the coaches picked you to win the West Division, but boy, that's, that's going to be a tough chore this year, isn't it?
0: Well, yeah, I don't know that it's something that we we really want, you know, I mean, because now you've got a big old a target on your back. And, um, but I think the respect that uh, the coaches have had for our program from what we had done last year and it's quite uh, humbling and honored that they would see that. But it's not really about, um, you know, what coaches think. It's more about what happens at the end. Um, that uh, And so... Grateful for um, the respect that these coaches have given to our program and for our success. But now it's time for us to kind of, uh, after the preseason is, is this to take care of business on the court. And hopefully um, we can do that uh, through the season and stay, try to stay healthy because it is a challenge. <clears throat> There's several teams in, this, uh, in our division. Um, and I think that's, what's helping our conference become better and better and stronger and stronger, uh, is because of these, um, this competition, it could, um, it, it, it could either go either way with, uh, New Mexico state or Grand Canyon, um, Cal, Pap, Cal Baptist. I mean, all of these teams are just, uh, quality teams that are coached very well. And, um, you like that in uh, having that competition um, <clears throat> in a tough conference, because that's only helping you to kind of get better and to increase your conference RPI and your team RPI. So um, the divisions are, are somewhat unique. Uh, it's, it's something that we will experience for the first time. Fortunately, we will at least be able to play two of the teams on the other side, um, on the in the other division. Um and uh, hopefully, at some point in time down the road, it'll work out where we're able to play everybody. Um, but at least we've got to, we're able to play two. Um, so, and I'd like to kind of get it back to a point where we can kind of continue on with the the you know somewhat of a rivalry or or just that uh, consistency with UTRGV that uh, that we've had in the years past. Um, and um, and any other of these teams. So the addition of these Texas schools, it really helps strengthen our conference, and we're looking forward to just uh, uh, having a very uh, competitive conference on on both divisions and then going into the conference tournament um, at the end of the year.
2: With the excitement level of the the new schools joining, how does that help with like recruiting and and things like that moving forward? Because I know that, you know, you get a chance to play these Texas schools and, you know, our, the wax level of play is going to go up significantly. So how does that help with, the, um, with recruiting?
0: Um, I don't know at this point. I think it's still for us, it's still a little early to tell. Um, I still, I do feel like that um, um, if it kind of gets to a point where we're able to compete with everybody, then that really opens up, I think, the Texas market that for us to be able to recruit more so in Texas, because then we would end up playing quite a few Texas schools. Um, and so that is what I foresee anyways. And we kind of get to that point. Um, <clears throat> in the meantime, we're trying to identify the, the, the right athlete athletes that will fit into our program um, because our, our conference, our region, uh, the New Mexico states, these teams, uh, Grand Canyons, um, we're always going to con- hopefully be able to get the kids to compete against one another. And so that kind of re- raises the level of recruits. It raises the level of competition. And, um, and, and and that's what we feel like we need to have so that we can be a very competitive team. Um,
1: well, we had a couple of technical difficulties at the end of the interview there, but I want to thank Coach Sam Attila for joining us on the WAC Podcast. Thank you for listening. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and
0: YouTube, and check out our website at WAXSports.com.